a man who can. And his name is Jesus. And I'm glad that I can go anywhere in this world into anybody's life, into anybody's situation and preach that message. Amen? We're going to be here longer. I don't care what they're going through. Now think about that. I don't care what they're going through. The situation does not matter. Amen? Maybe on a compassion standpoint, but it doesn't matter when it comes to the answer being Jesus Christ. Amen? And no matter what they're experiencing, no matter what pain, no matter what hurt, no matter how bad the situation, Jesus is still the answer. Hallelujah. I know a man who can. Hallelujah. That's going to be my message. You, you ask me to come sit down with you, that's what you're going to hear. Amen. Jesus. Jesus can fix it. Amen. Is, that, is Kelly here? No? We, still, we have her Bible and we'll take care of that. Amen. Thank God for that. And all of our graduates. Amen. You know, I want to say that I appreciate, listen, that message is especially important. We, we, we got a lot of folk, a lot of church family folk right now that are, are going through their own share of sickness and we're praying for them. Jesus is the answer for them and we continue to lift them up and support them to the throne of grace. Pray that they get better. Uh, thank the Lord. I don't know of anybody with the uh, uh, COVID-19 virus, but they are going through their sicknesses. And so we're praying for their recovery as well. Appreciate all the messages and requests concerning mom. Not much to change with mom. Um, we do see a, her cardiologist again uh, on Wednesday. Um, but the cardiologist has already said that mom is probably facing uh, either ablation surgery or pacemaker. And uh, we're praying she don't need either one. You know, God can fix a heart. Every time I go to the cardiologist, I say, me and God are beating the odds. Amen. Hey, according to the American Heart Society, we're beating the odds by 10 years. Amen. Get a lot of hands. And I never fail to remind my cardiologist that. Amen. And when the Lord's done with me, I'm going home. Amen. Ain't nothing the cardiologist can do to keep me here. Right? Hallelujah. And so are you, by the way. When the Lord's ready for you, we're going home. Amen. But I'm glad we're going home. Hallelujah. Amen. When this tabernacle is dissolved. Y'all done forgot Sunday sermon? We have a new house. Amen. We have a new home. Not made with hands, made with, by God, amen, that is eternal in the heavens. Amen. I'll be good looking for sure then. Amen. I'm just earthly good looking now. I'll be heavenly good looking up there. Amen. Can you imagine it? Hallelujah. But I'll tell you where I'll be. I'll be at the feet of Jesus praising him. Amen. That's where you find me. If you want to find me, I'll be at the foot of Jesus praising him for all he's done for me. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me, Old Testament, to the book of 1 Samuel. Old Testament, the book of 1 Samuel, and I'm going to do old preaching. 
You remember for a long time when I preach, I'd usually read one verse and be all I need, amen. Today I'm just reading one verse once again. But it is a verse packed. It is a verse filled. It is a message with great treasure within it, amen. And it'll take all of our time and probably then some this Lord's day. But I also want to say, before we stand for the reading of God's Word, that we do appreciate the availabilities that we have today, social media. A lot of our church family are still viewing, still watching by social media. My watch, my smartwatch, not smarter than me, but smartwatch, alerts me that we're, we are now live. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Truly, I, that's a blessing, amen. And a lot of our church family that live local are still catching us by FM transmitter. And uh, what a blessing, amen, to be able to still get the word of God out. Now, I'm thankful. I've been saying, I've been talking with uh, uh, some other folks, and, and I've been talking with uh, Dr. Dan Merritt, our associational director, and I've been bragging. I'm thankful for New Hope Baptist Church, our faithfulness through this pandemic, our strength, our unity throughout this whole thing. Amen? A lot of times, now I want you to listen closely, a lot of times it's easy to become frustrated when things are not the way they used to be. Amen? And what do we do a lot of times when we become frustrated? There's a reason for the frustration. Amen? There's a reason that we are feeling frustrated. And usually we look for something or someone to blame. Amen? Oftentimes, when it's church-related, that frustration and blame is laid at the pastor's door. It's his fault. Amen? I'm being serious. I, reading things that I've been reading from, from the North Carolina Baptist, Surrey Baptist Association, and so forth, that this is part of the frustration moving through, amen, this pandemic. Things have changed, amen? But you have been strong, and I commend you for that, amen? We have been understanding through this, and we have asked our people to do what they think is best for them, amen? Without judging them, without condemnation, without criticism, we want our people to do what they feel is best for them. And we love them. Amen? We love our family. Because even though they're not here with us and in attendance, they're still praying. They're still giving. Amen? They still love the church, still love the Lord. They're missing us as much as we're missing them. Amen? I get that. And I'm thankful in the Lord to be able to pastor a church that has grown in the Lord, strong in the Lord, steadfast in the Lord, give the Lord a hand. Amen. <laughs> to God be the glory. But we welcome all that are joining us by social media or by radio today. We always love having you along. Stand with me as we read together in 1 Samuel chapter 7, 
And verse 3, the Lord put this message upon my heart, and I want to share it with you. The Word of God says that Samuel, you remember Samuel, how he began his ministry and started at a very young age serving the Lord within the temple. Well, as time would have it, and as the journey of the Lord progressed, he is in a bigger place, in a bigger role, with a louder voice and a greater message at this time. And he has a message according to the word of God that speaks unto all the house of Israel. And it's a powerful message. And the Bible records that he spoke to them saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. That's a big word to be just four letters. And serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading of his word, you may be seated. As we focus upon the word of God today and this message that was recorded for us in the Old Testament, a message that spoke to the hearts of all the house of Israel. It was a relevant message that they stood in need of. And it is still a relevant message present in our day today. I'm glad that the Word of God is eternal, don't, aren't you? I'm glad that the Word of God will never pass away. Amen? And it will never, listen, cease from speaking to all that need to hear it. Amen? And everybody needs to hear it. Everybody needs to hear it. I don't care from what government branch. I don't care kings and queens. Uh, everybody needs to hear the message of God and particularly this message from this prophet that was recorded thousands of years ago. We've often said and thought about the necessary of, or necessity of change. Change. You know, a lot of people for a lot of time prayed for my change. Amen? You ever thought about that? I had folk that were on their knees. I had church families uh, that were on their knees, Alan. I, I had family and folks that were praying for my change and for my deliverance. Amen? I didn't see it coming. I didn't even want it to happen. But thank God that there were folks praying for my change. Amen. Now I had some people uh, on some aisles of the, of the situation that thought he'll never change. He'll never be any different than what he is. You ever heard that? 
I've even, yeah, Ron, yes, sir. I've had folks that doubted, uh, that didn't believe uh, that, that there was ever any hope uh, for my change. Uh, I've heard folks uh, since being in the ministry, uh, I've heard folks say, uh, well, not even the Lord himself uh, could change them. I hope you've never said that. Shame on any Christian that would ever say such a thing. Because there's no heart, there's no life, there is no family, there is no nation, uh, there is no situation uh, that's out of reach uh, for an almighty God. Get a Lord a hand, hallelujah. None of us live uh, out of reach uh, of God and His power and what He can do. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Amen. That's why it's always exciting. And as Jerry sung that song, I know a man who can. That's why my message is Jesus, amen, because no one is out of reach for Jesus. Amen. They also sing a song that I enjoy. He reached further down than I could reach up. I'm glad he has a long arm, amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad that His grace, uh, His mercy, His power, His love, uh, His, His, His compassion uh, can reach uh, as far as it needs to reach. And as the Bible says, to the four corners of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why that I can continue to, from family to family, from life to life, continue to preach Jesus is the answer. Amen. No one's out of his reach. Not only is no one out of his reach, but God can break anybody down. <laughs> God knows, just like at this particular time, in the moment of all the house of Israel, amen, our God knows how to break us down. It is a necessary work within us. I didn't say it was easy. I didn't say it wasn't painful. I didn't say it wasn't difficult and a hard road to travel. But I did say that it is a necessary work that must take place within our lives. God knows how to gain our attention. Amen. God knows what to add. God knows what to take away. But you can rest assured that our God knows how to get us still, how to get us quiet. Amen. How to get us beyond our excuses. Amen. And get our attention upon him. Amen. That is a necessary work within our lives. You know why it's necessary? Because when we go through those situations, and when we go through those moments in life, amen, when we go through times in our life where afflictions come, problems arise, most of the time, just by nature alone, we're not good judges. 
And we're even worse when it comes to judging ourselves. You ever notice that? It's never our fault. Amen? (laughs) It's never our fault. I'm not the one wrong here. I'm not the one that's out of place here. I'm not the one that needs to apologize. Amen. I'm not the one that needs to say that I'm sorry. Amen. They did this. They brought this about. This is on them. Amen. And not myself. That's why, my friends, it's a necessary work within us because your God knows the truth. Amen. And the Bible makes it perfectly clear that our God is a true and faithful judge. Amen. God never misjudges any situation. I'm getting in your neighborhood now. Amen. In fact, you're going to want to run me out in a little bit. Amen. God knows the absolute truth. Even when we fail to see it within our own selves, and it's why it is a necessary work for God to take us and set us aside for a little while and break us down so that we can really see what the real problem is. Amen? And who the real problem is. That's what's taking place in a whole nation and the whole house of Israel as this prophet begins to speak. God always knows exactly what to do. You know, sometimes we as parents, amen, sometimes we as parents, you know, sometimes we have a child and, you know, listen, sometimes, you know, children can be stubborn, amen, just like adults. And you see, sometimes we get too proudful. Sometimes we, we get too uppity and too high and mighty for ourselves, and God has to bring us down. Sometimes children do the very same thing, amen. And I've known parents to say and kind of throw their hands up and discuss, I don't know what more to do with this child. I've I've took things away, I've punished them, I've disciplined them, I've put them in time out, I've spanked them, I've talked to them until I'm blue in the face, and I just don't know what else to do for this child. Don't ever let them hear you say that. Amen. Ever. Because you can rest assured God never says it. Amen. (laughs) Your heavenly Father has never been at a time when he didn't know what to do with you. Boy, you're quiet. You ought to get a Lord a hand, amen? Come on now. Your heavenly Father has never had a time or a moment when he didn't know what was needed and what to do with you and in your life, nor mine. And that is a joyful truth. We ought to rejoice over that. Amen. Some of you are looking at me like you're scared to death. I'm glad God always knows what to do with me. 
it's a part of the relationship that, that I greatly embrace. Because, quite frankly, there's times I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. I don't, I've done fixed it if I know how to fix it. I would have done changed it if I had the power to change it. I'd have done made it better if I could have made it better. There are times when you and me don't know what to do and we need the necessary work of God to intervene in our lives because he always knows what to do. Hallelujah. So it's a, a joyful time. It is a, a celebration time to know that we have a God that knows how to fix Every situation within our life. It was no different for a whole nation and the whole house of Israel. And the prophet Samuel delivered a message that was a powerful message and a necessary message in that day to a whole nation of people. And today, it is a message that is still necessary from nation to nation, from family to family, and from individual to individual. You see, within that message is woven a promise from God. A promise from God to deliver them out of the hands of their enemy to deliver them from the assault and the pursuit of the Philistines. And the prophet was saying to the whole nation, if you want to see deliverance, if you want to see change, if you want to see God's power. If you want to see God working, then this is what must happen. I ask you today, in fact, just bow your head a moment. Let's just, just bow your head a moment. I, I want to ask you a, a real honest to goodness question this morning. Do you do you really want to see God at work within your life, your spouse's life, your children's life, your family's life? Do you really want to see God's deliverance, God's power, God's intervention within your circle? Or do you still think you're capable? Do you still think you have the power? Do you still think you're in charge? Mm. Now we're getting real close to the neighborhood. Amen. Do you really want to see the hand of God and what the hand of God can do in your life, your children's life, your family's life, in everything that involves your life. Do you really? Do you really want to see what one amazing God 
can do. The message of the prophet, you can look back up, but the message of the prophet was simply to the whole house of Israel, if you want to see God's deliverance, if you want to see what God himself can do, this is what are the necessary steps in order to experience God's promise of deliverance. And the first thing, I want to cover those as quickly as possible. But the first thing that the prophet reminds the whole nation, listen, if you want, to, if you want change, if you want to see God's work, if you want deliverance, in verse 3, the Bible says that he said to them, if you do return unto the Lord. If you are willing, as a nation, as a people, to return unto the Lord. I purposely put a period there. Because the first thing that was necessary for this nation and for this people was to make the decision, the necessary decision, that they needed to return unto the Lord. That message was not only true for them, but it's true for a lot of people today. And I'm not talking about people that are outside church. I'm talking about people that are still sitting in church pews. Just because you sit in a church pew doesn't mean you are where you are and where you need to be with the Lord. It can just simply mean you're sitting in a church pew. Glad you're here. Amen. But it does not mean that you do not have the need to return unto the Lord. Let's think about that. If there is a necessity to return unto something, that means you've left it behind. You've created some distance. Amen? You have generated some space by your choosing. Amen? Let's, 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 let's move on. Let's understand who's at fault here. If there is distance between you and the Lord, you created it. And so, the prophet, realizing that a whole nation had created some distance between them and the Lord, and so his message to them was to simply return unto the Lord. Amen. They had made a distance. They had walked away from the Lord. Now, I don't want to focus this morning on how they created that distance. I don't even really want to focus on maybe how you created that distance. I just want to focus on the power of the message. Because oftentimes it is missed, the beauty and the power of the message to be able to return. Now, 
focus. If you don't get anything else I say, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Because thank God that this prophet could stand in front of, in front of those people and preach such a message to return unto the Lord. And thank God that this preacher can stand in front of you with a powerful message and say you need to return unto the Lord. Here's why. Before you can return to something that you walked away from, they have to be willing to take you back. Amen? <laughs> before you can eliminate the space, before you can eliminate the distance that you created by your own actions, by your own decisions, by your own choices, that which you're trying to return to has to be willing to accept you back. Amen? It's like a departed husband or a departed wife. Amen? You remember the story of the prodigal son? Jesus told us about the prodigal son. That prodigal son did bad things. Amen? He had the stench and the nastiness of the world upon himself. Amen? The Bible, without going into gruesome detail, simply says that he went out and spent his substance in righteous living. You can understand that this boy... With all the money that he had, he went out, boys, and I'm telling you, uh, he fulfilled uh, every evil lust that was within his heart. And you can read between the lines for the rest of it. He was dirty. He was nasty. He was dishonorable. To his father's house. He brought a lot of shame and a lot of tears to that dear daddy and to that house. I say that in a quieter voice because I lived the same life once upon a time. And I brought a lot of shame and a lot of dishonor to my own home and to my own family and a lot of pain to my own daddy and to my own mama. There was nobody to blame but myself. You remember the good ending of the story that prodigal son came to himself and realized that he was out of place, realized that he wasn't where he belonged, realized that his place was back home to the father's house. And he said within himself, I will arise and go to my father. 
what he was saying was, I will fall upon the mercy, the forgiveness, and the acceptance of my Father. But the Father had to be willing, Greg, to take him back. He'd be gone a while. The father could have said, you made your bed, you lay in it. <laughs> I ain't nobody's neighborhood now, Emma. The father could have said, you've brought so much shame to this family, we don't want you back. We love you. We always throw that in, don't we? We love you. But you don't have a place here no more. Now the Bible says that that father was looking for that son's return. Had to be looking because it says when he saw him coming afar off or great distance off. That father without hesitation took off in a run. I've reached an age I, I, I couldn't hardly run anymore, but I would surely walk fast, amen, to get to that son. Do you see the message, church? Do you see the love of God? Do you see the mercy of your heavenly Father? For Samuel to preach such a message to the whole house of Israel, Samuel had to be assured that God would allow him to return. That God would permit them to return. That God would accept them just as they are. Amen? And allow them to return unto Him his power, his love, his fellowship, his intervention, and his deliverance from their enemy. I've got two more, but I'm going to close. How many times has your Heavenly Father had to take you back and took you back just the way you are. You see, that's a powerful church. That is a powerful message that I'm glad that we can proclaim to one another, that we can pro proclaim to whosoever, that we so know and understand our Father so well that we know that our Father will allow them to return. Bow your heads with me for a moment. Let me close with this powerful thought and this powerful truth. Because I want to make sure 
I want to make sure that we understand the character and the amazing love and the amazing grace of God. Are you ready for this? Raise your hand if you're ready for this. We're not God. Amen. You and I are not God. Though we have him living within us and we are the very temple of God, we're not God. And a lot of times when we forgive something and a lot of times when we let something back in or someone back into our lives, we struggle to forget it, don't we? We struggle to let it go. Sometimes we even hold it over them and almost hold them hostage because we just can't bring ourselves to trust them again. Amen? We want to. Sometimes with all of our fiber, we want to, but we've been disappointed so many times that it's difficult. We've been hurt and scarred so many times, we struggle letting it go. God never does. Isn't that amazing? God never does. Chuck, that's powerful. The message was clear. The first thing they had to do was eliminate the distance between them and God that they had created. And maybe you're here with us today. Maybe you're joining us by, by social media. And maybe that's just a simple action that you need to take today and return unto the Lord. You'll never see change You'll never see deliverance. You'll never, listen, you'll never seek and you'll never find what you're looking for apart from God. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. That's good. I don't care who's preaching. You can look for it until your grave, but you try to find it apart from God, you'll never find it. Are you really committed today to see God's power work in your life, your family's life? Oh, it's a beautiful thing to watch God work in your children's life. Amen? Watch what God can do that you can't do as a parent. Watch God change their heart in ways you can't change their heart. You see, it begins with you returning unto the Lord. As they prepare an invitational song, as they come get an invitational song ready and you stand with me all over the house of the Lord, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so thankful to be able to preach such a powerful message. Still today, you can return. And if there's anybody here that just needs to take that first step and simply return unto the Lord, the altar is open. Whatever the need might be,
you're join, joining us by social media, God stands ready. If you'll just bow your head and simply pray and apologize and repent unto the Lord, you too can return unto Him. Amen.